Welcome back. This is a Hyperbaric Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Masha. Today, I have with me Dr. Carolina Brooks from UK, London. She's from London. Um, Dr. Carolina is the world's only fully certified functional medicine practitioner, naturopath, endobiogenist, nutritionist, and master herbalist. With training in nutritional psychiatry, frequency-specific micronutrients, auricular acupuncture, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, Ayurveda, and traditional Chinese medicine. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Masha. Just to point out that I'm a naturopath, so we don't call ourselves doctors here, so don't use the word doctor. Well, in Canada, we do, so we are doctors. I know we, you don't have the title there in UK. Neither do we here in Spain, but the training that we receive, that's the medical training. Anyways, I looked uh, at all your credentials and you know, the question that I had, how do you manage? What is your secret? <laughs> Not having children. Okay. Like I'm sure if I had kids, I wouldn't be able to study the same way I do, but I've always kind of studied and worked, studied and worked. So even when I was in investment banking, I was studying law. So it's always just been something I've done. And when I did my original training, you know, I was I bundled in like a lot together so that I was just trying to get things finished quicker. And I just really love learning. So for me, it's like a passion. It's like, you know, to, to constantly strive to be better at my job and be able to put the pieces together in a way that makes sense, like being able to have that knowledge and put it together. I think that just makes you better at your job. So constant learning is fun for me, I guess. When you see a patient, because there's so many therapists that you can yeah. offer, when you see a patient, how does it go usually? Does the patient go through a certain routine? Are there favorite therapies that you might use with them? Or what is your unique style? So I don't like separate out any of my modalities specifically. When I see someone, we do like an initial session and then we'll go through everything. I have a very comprehensive intake process, which is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh my God, one of your forms is so long. I'm like, yes, but you know, a lot of the time you'll have that, you can download it and then you can give it to whoever else you're seeing. So once people, we come in, we go through the intake process and then when I write up their notes, I'll put together a strategy for them. And like the foundation is always going to be diet and lifestyle, right? Because without those two things, you can't really bring in anything. But, you know, I do use supplements. I use herbs. You know, I think everyone can benefit from herbs, even if it's culinary herbs and they don't want to take a tincture. We can always find a way to include herbs in the diet, teas, aromatic waters, you know, herbs in the bath, things like that. And, you know, if people are around in my area or if I can refer them to hyperbaric locally, if I think they need it, I will do that. And frequency specific microcurrent is something that I, that's kind of my, the way I use hyperbaric, I use that in conjunction with FSM. So I see amazing results when you combine the two. So it's a case of actually, there's there's a whole process, you know, we'll do testing, but, you know, the approach is very integrative. It, I, I ended up kind of giving it a name because there wasn't really a way to describe it. So I call it the vitamorphic method because it's constantly changing. And, you know, we're, we're just constantly like adapting and changing and improving things. And, you know, the patient takes a, a very strong responsibility for their health. And I'm just there to guide them. So when you mentioned combining hyperbaric oxygen with micro, with sorry. Microcurrent. So frequency. Microcurrent. Okay. Microcurrent. First, tell me, please, what is microcurrent? 
So frequency-specific microcurrent is a technology by which you use microcurrent in different combinations. And what it does is you're working on specific tissues, you're increasing ATP. So it's really good for expediting healing, for improving structure, so working on adhesions, tissue repair. So I've got colleagues that are physios who use it. So I would you know, refer to them if someone has adhesions in the pelvic area or they have like a, a torn muscle in the shoulder. But the way I use it is I work primarily on like the vagus nerve when I do frequency. So I'll do vagus stuff. I'll work on like gastrointestinal inflammation. I'll do frequencies for brain fog and, and headaches and um, just kind of reducing inflammation and improving immune support. So when you think about what hyperbaric oxygen does, there's a lot of crossover in terms of tissue healing, improving ATP, increasing kind of immune capacity and support, resilience. So when you have the two together, it's like turbocharged, like it's turbocharging both, but I like to think of it as like turbocharged hyperbaric oxygen. Plus you're using a concentrator, so you're getting like a maximum impact there. How do you combine the two? Basically, the hyperbaric oxygen, you know, is, you lie in that. The frequency-specific microcurrent, I have a small machine and I attach it with electrode pads. So you can go into the hyperbaric with the FSM machine. So you just put it in your pocket and you go and lie down. And then I'll set it to run a specific program while that person's in there. And the program I run depends on patients. Do all the patients receive both or some get just hyperbaric oxygen? Yeah, so if, like if someone's very, very sensitive, sometimes I'll alternate and I won't run FSM on them in every single session because they can be really wiped out afterwards. So it, particularly if we're dealing with like underlying viruses and things. So not everyone. And then there are certain cases where I don't use FSM, but then I wouldn't use uh, hyperbaric oxygen with pregnant people either. So there are certain kind of contraindications for both. But I will say, if people want to find out more about frequency-specific microcurrent, and this is a really interesting case because it's combining FSM and hyperbaric oxygen, Carolyn McMackin, who was my teacher, she worked on a football player called Terrell Owens. He had a really bad injury, and you know, I think he was supposed to be out of action for 18 weeks, but he told her he, he was like, I want to play in the Super Bowl in six weeks. So she worked on him like 24-7, and he did end up playing in the Super Bowl six weeks later. Wow. Um, so it's a really interesting case and you can Google it and find it online. In fact, it was my experience with FSM was hearing Carolyn talk about it, talk about that case and then doing some treatment on me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing for pain because I have all sorts of spinal issues from birth. So that was like my aha moment with FSM. And then I had a similar one with hyperbaric. Could you tell me a little bit about your aha moment with hyperbarics? Yeah, so I just remember being in America. You know, when you're at a conference and like you see the Oxy Health everywhere, like, and you're like, okay, this looks interesting. For me, it was always like this belief that hyperbaric oxygen was completely out of, you know, affordability for people. But actually, and I really love Oxy Health because they've made these chambers really affordable. Being able to use it and then not feel jet lagged, to be able to feel kind of much more energized and focus in conferences. And one thing I noticed is that my heart rate variability like increased dramatically. And I noticed that that's actually been the case since I got my own machine in the clinic. My heart rate variability has not dropped back down to what it was. It, it's literally doubled. So it stayed that way. And the other thing I've noticed is with regular use, 
I have thalassemia trait in my family. So I'm always, since I remember, I've always had like a borderline anemia and my bloods have been perfect this year. <laughs> so it's significant for me to notice that you can actually improve like your oxygen capacity to the point where things that have traditionally been problematic and no longer something I need to worry about. So that for me, you know, that and just feeling like constantly, like I'm able to endure more exercise. I don't get breathless anymore and just able to recover much quicker. And, you know, some of my patients have also noticed very specific benefits, particularly with inflammatory bowel disease. So, you know, tissue healing, expediting the, getting someone into remission. Those are like the key things I've seen. People who have been consistently reacting to lots of foods or environmental triggers, much less reactive as well. And then just cognitive function, the, the benefits have been incredible. People are saying, I, you know, I think clearly my mood is better. I'm less anxious, I'm calmer. So there's loads of benefits. What kind of patients do you usually see? Are you just a general practitioner or yeah. do you tend to attract a certain kind of patients? So I think I, a few of my colleagues when I was like, I, I wouldn't even know how to describe myself. A colleague was like, I would say you're a super generalist. I was like, that's a good way of, of looking at it. Because I've always said I don't really want to specialize in a specific area because I think you miss things if you do that. So, you know, that's why you have to study a lot because you have to learn everything. I guess I, I tend to see people that are really chronic and complex because, you know, they've tried lots of other things. They come to me when they've exhausted everything and they're like, okay, you have loads of modalities. You put them together. Let's see if you can help me. So I see that kind of demographic. And I was a very complex chronic disease patient myself and had some really bad experiences as a teenager and in my 20s. So I've designed my clinic not to be like the people I saw. I won't name names. <laughs> And then the other kind of people I see, I do a lot of work with a colleague of mine. We have an organization that she runs called Your Green Room, and it's focused on kind of people in the entertainment world, corporate wellness stuff. So really stressed individuals with very, very kind of high pressure jobs, mostly in the entertainment industry, who are flying around the world and basically need to perform uh, you know, as best they can. So like really stressed people, high pressure jobs. And then on the other end of the spectrum, chronic complex so it varies sometimes I see people who are just want an MOT and that's lovely because it's like wow you're taking initiative early before anything's actually happening and that's lovely to see when people take that interest in their health so yeah but that's rare still I think it's, it's getting better I think people are you know getting more interested in biohacking and I think a lot of the biohacking stuff out there is you know, I would say hyperbaric oxygen falls into that category for many practitioners or many people offering it or talking about it. You know, I, I think biohacking is just a very narrow term. You know, I'm all for anything that kind of encourages people to take an interest in their health and look for ways to improve their function. But at the same time, I don't think we should be looking for ways to cheat and circumvent, like, you know, if it's like kind of the whole concept of false energy syndrome, right? You shouldn't be doing all of these things so that you can stretch yourself even further. You know, you, you need to find that balance. And that's one of my cautions with the biohacking world is like there's a lot of push, 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 and no, actually reassess how I'm living and maybe how I can improve that. And I've read about your work. A lot of it is about finding the balance, even in your personal life, right? <laughs> Talking about finding 
work yeah. personal life balance, but also the way yeah. you treat patients. Endobiogenist was a new term for me. So I mm-hmm. had to Google it. And that's actually oh. right. That means bringing the body back into balance. Yeah, it's it's basically, it's a systems biology-based approach looking at the neuroendocrine system. So it's a bit like looking at functional medicine, like in the functional medicine way, but like much more magnified and much more subtle and really using plant medicine to do that. So I love endobiogenic medicine. It's been such a game changer for me to be able to kind of be able to connect the dots with people that way. And how does hyperbarics fit into the picture of endobiogenic medicine? I mean, it's the same with all of my therapies. We're constantly trying to work a way to make someone kind of fall into that homeostatic state of balance, hormone balance, neurotransmitter balance, immune balance. So everything that you're doing is focused towards that. And whether it's ear acupuncture, hyperbaric oxygen, herbal medicine or supplements, the aim is always to kind of maximize what you're doing to make it the most effective for the patient without the cost, you know, you know, trying to keep the costs as reasonable as possible. And, you know, some of these therapies cost a lot of money, you know, so we've got to find a, a way to do that, you know, in a manageable way. And like one of the things I'm really trying to do is try and figure out how to get this kind of work out to people on a much more cost-effective basis. So like frequency-specific microcurrent, I'm just trialing a new machine that patients can use, which is much cheaper than the machines that we use in clinic, which connects to your mobile phone. So that's actually my parcel of these machines has just arrived today. So that's, you know, if if I can, if there's a way I can get people to, to kind of run that themselves, then great. Hyperbaric oxygen, you know, we can get, chambers you know oxy health are very reasonable so you know if someone's doing hyperbaric and they need to do it really frequently sometimes it's more cost effective to buy your own machine i agree i agree absolutely especially if you're looking at doing more than 40 50 treatments if you want to incorporate it into your life i think it's definitely more cost effective to get one the whole family can use it absolutely absolutely how often do your patients get hyperbaric treatments? I mean, to be honest, that really depends on their their timetables and their budget. So I would say it ranges from a few times a week to once a week to once a month for like just kind of keeping on top of things. You know, I know that cancer patients kind of tend to do three to four sessions a week, but they tend to have their own machines. And, you know, once or twice a month, if, if possible, at least. I try and kind of get people to kind of make sure that they're doing it regularly if we're dealing with chronic issues. If it's just a case of, okay, I'm a bit stressed and I'm jet lagged and, you know, I'm just trying to keep on top of things, I think once a month is fine. What's your sweet spot on that? How many sessions do you think is optimal? I mean, if you're using a concentrator and you're in for like, let's say an hour, I would say like once a week. Once a week. Mm -hmm. I see. Do you combine it with any other therapies or just the microcurrent? While you're in there, I just combine it with microcurrent. Occasionally I'll do an ear point or some ear points, but sometimes I'll do them afterwards because otherwise it could just be too many frequencies. Sometimes we'll use supplements before people go in, you know, like we'll use CoQ10 or there's a really good supplement that Apex do called Nitric Balance, which is great. Carnitine and a bunch of other stuff to kind of work on the nitric. Oxide balance. So that's really good. B vitamins, lithium, like 
the same orotate, not the same drug. And then just, yeah, I find that, you know, you can really maximize the experience. But sometimes people just want to rest and sleep and they don't necessarily want to come out feeling supercharged. And I do try and encourage people to do a meditation in there and not work because sometimes people are like, oh, I had loads of emails to answer. And I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. And I should be using that time to kind of zone out a bit and rest. And also because the hyperbaric plus the FSM makes you quite sleepy sometimes, depending on what I'm running, people are like, have all these plans to do all this stuff in there. And then they just pass out. They're just sleeping. And then by the end, they're like, oh, you woke me up. I'm like, yeah, it's time to go. So, but then when they come out, they feel really energized and, you know, they get loads done. So it's like, you can be tired in there and, and rest, and then you can come out and you feel like supercharged and ready to go. With supplements timing, do, do they get a supplement before going into the chamber? Do they also get one when they exit in the chamber? So it, I tend to do before, but often because they're on a timetable with their supplements anyway, it will just be a case of, right, we just change the timings of things. Um, do you tend to prescribe a certain diet? Like, are you a fan of, I don't know, keto or paleo, anti-inflammatory diet, or it's more... Everything's individual. So one thing I really hate is really restrictive diets. Like I was put on six foods for two years when I was a teenager. I mean, that just wiped up my microbiome completely. And I just remember being like, are you sure this is a good idea? Like, I'm sure that if I try and introduce foods, maybe I will react a bit, but maybe it will go away. And the the nutritionist I was seeing was like, no, you can't introduce that a thing. You must stick to these foods because they're the only ones you can eat. And knowing, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but that was just such a dreadful experience. And, you know, it made my life really difficult. And I don't think it helped my relationship with food in my 20s for sure, because it was like, oh, you know, you're scared to eat things. So I really focus on increasing diversity in the diet and let's try and minimize the restrictions as much as possible. Yes, sometimes you need to put someone on their oxalate. Sometimes it's a, a very short two-week low sulfur diet, and then we try and choose foods but I really don't like SIBO FODMAPs diets at all I think that's really counterintuitive to actually addressing SIBO and you know ultimately people forget that SIBO is not a diagnosis it's a it's like a sign that something's not right so we need to get to the root of why is that person experiencing bacterial overgrowth so you know keto sometimes for cancer primarily or brain like you know glial primed people neuroinflammation but i really don't like restricting the diet so it has to be very personalized i see it must have been traumatic eating just <laughs> six foods i can't even imagine especially in your 20s when you're yeah. trying to have a good time and you're like oh my god i and you you're when you're only eating six foods you are kind of told you're sick and you're defined as sick and i i really think that a lot of people need to get out of that mindset of I'm sick, I can't eat anything, I'm going to react to everything because it just kind of fosters this kind of sentiment of fear and it really, really impedes recovery. I think the mental state is like really significant when you're dealing with something in the body. And and I've seen also sometimes you've got parents or partners facilitating that belief that, you know, and like kind of also creating obstacles so you know a lot of the job is dealing with the psychological aspects you know you have to do loads of training in that area 
that's one thing that I definitely would recommend anyone in my field who hasn't done any training is learn learn therapy tools. Absolutely. I also believe that mindset is number one in the journey of getting healthier. Without yeah. the right mindset, I don't even know if you can do it. But also, you know, that's one of the reasons if people are like, I don't want to fill in the form. I'm like, okay, well, that's a big clue that you're not really that committed to getting better, like, because you don't want to commit to even spending that time filling in the information and providing it to make my job not better, not easier, because, you know, the more I have to read, the, the more work I have to do. But because I want to help you and I want as much information as possible that will allow me to, to kind of come up with a strategy, it's in your best interest to provide that information and to be as thorough as possible. So I love it when people are like, oh, they fill in like reams of information. And I don't know if that was net relevant, you know, telling me about a bad relationship. Of course it's relevant. Everything that's ever happened is relevant. Every bad relationship that may have shaped the way you think is relevant. I ask people to do a Myers-Briggs test as well because it helps me to present the information to them in a way that will motivate them. So there's loads of aspects that are maybe I do a bit differently to some of my colleagues. There's lots of tools a functional medicine practitioner can use. But here yeah. at the hyperbaric loading, we always say it's, it's the patient who's doing the work and who's taking the responsibility. Yeah. So if a patient doesn't want to, if they're like, you have to tell me what to do, I'm I'm like uh, okay maybe maybe I'm not the right person for you because that's not how I do things you know you have to do the work. I've read that you've recently formulated a supplement. Oh yes, I, I do a lot of formulation work, but this is one I'm publicly linked with. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? What is yeah, it? so Zag is a is designed to be used for six months. It's like a you know sub designed to support you during stressful periods of change. So things like you know changing jobs, moving house, writing your first book, or building a startup. So like those kinds of intense periods of stress. And basically, it's been formulated to kind of support mind, body, spirit. Obviously, I'm. I'm bit OCD about quality and bioavailability so you know I've just found that a lot of what's in the market is really badly formulated and really poor quality and this is basically in a citrus pectin gel so it's you know it's a prebiotic already it tastes nice it's got some juice as a base it's like you just put it in your mouth and that's it you can add it to you can eat it up a spoon you can add it to something but it's designed to kind of you know support you through a specific period and then teach you how to kind of build that resilience along the way and yeah it's a really lovely product and the you know the, the branding is beautiful it comes in a lovely box and the, the sachet is individual so it's very stylish as well which I like because most supplements aren't that stylish I like that it's liquid actually yeah we swallow a lot of supplements so mm. as many liquid as possible I always say it it, it's it's designed to use just for six months it's not something mm -hmm. that you're gonna take continuously right no no this one's designed for periods of change or intense stress but yeah it's just yeah so I think you know a lot of liquids are, I love liquids as well but I know what I'm like I'm constantly on the go and normally I'm between the UK and the US and I like things that are in individual sachets even though they're not you know the Sometimes they're not the most environmentally friendly. Like I have these face wipes from Ursa Major that come in these individual packets and they're really, really useful for when you're traveling and 
don't want to take the whole packet. So it's a bit like that. You can take what you need for your trip and then you can, or you can take what you need to have some at work, have some at home. So yeah, it's just designed for people who are busy and don't really want to spend too much time thinking about the health. It's more for people who are not necessarily in that mindset of, I want to go and see a functional medicine practitioner. I want to get my bloods checked. It's like, okay, I'm at that point where I want to do something, but I'm not committed enough to like fully invest in seeing someone like you or me. So if you were to combine it with hyperbaric oxygen therapy, how would you do it? Would you take it before going into the chamber yeah. or away from the chamber? No, no, I did before. I've, I've actually done that because I've tried it. I've, I've tried the samples a few times. It's in pre-production again now, but I've, you know, I've tried a few samples and, and it really, like, I noticed a big difference going in there, having taken it, just coming out, being super focused, brain was razor sharp. So, you know, that's what you're aiming for. I just think hyperbaric oxygen is, you know, it's a bit like herbs. I think it's like one of those missing links that if I could give it to everyone, I would, because it's amazing. Yeah, but now I think it gets a little more difficult because uh, we're seeing more and more patients remotely rather yeah. than coming to the clinic. So it makes more sense, I guess, for them to research getting one for their home and just using, I mean, if they could, using it their own convenience. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. But if we can educate people on how to use them properly, I mean, I think the chambers are very safe. The likelihood of overdoing it is quite slim for the kind of machines that we're using anyway, like the, the risk of uh, side effects. But, you know, I do say to people, let's just make sure that you're not overdoing it. You know, what so, do you mean by overdoing it? So kind of going in for like extended periods of time, you know, I would say like, even an hour a day is fine maybe you could go higher but I've never seen you know an overdose of hyperbaric with those sorts of chambers I think if you're using multi-place monoplace chambers you might but those are you know you don't have those at home anyway so those are supervised I've never seen anyone develop a headache afterwards or dizziness or anything like that I have had one colleague who was trying to use it she has long COVID and she got quite breathless in there so we took her out haven't tried it again with her, but it'd be interesting to see how she can cope now because it's been a, a little while since then. But yeah, that's the only time I've had someone say, oh, I don't, oh, my colleague's her ears been hot. But other than that, you know, I've never had anyone experience an adverse reaction other than fatigue sometimes. Maybe she could use it for like shorter periods of time, maybe even 15, 20 minutes at a time. Oh, we couldn't even get. Oh, you couldn't even. Yeah. Yeah, it would, so, it would be interesting to see the dynamics, how it has changed. Yeah. So I think when you have an unresolved ear infection or something, or you have some potential infection in your lungs, it might be problematic. So, but then there, there might be aerobic bacteria that, you know, don't respond well to a hyper oxygenated environment. I see. I've heard in the UK, it's a huge problem with long COVID. Uh, it's yeah. probably, I've heard it's at least 2 million people are diagnosed. Yeah. I uh, think what's happening though is actually reactivation of old viruses like Epstein-Barr, Lyme, well, bacteria and virus. So I'm, I think we're seeing a reactivation of old infections. I've also heard that hyperbarics is being used for long COVID patients in, yeah. in England. With So success. I'm seeing, I'm, uh, you know, people that have had it, like we're using it, you know, and we are getting good results. That's really inspiring. I think it's, it's going to be a problem. It's not going to go anywhere. People are going to get COVID and people are going to get long COVID because Maybe, well, I can't say for sure, but I've read the studies. It looks like when the COVID is not being treated, 
properly from the beginning, when the symptoms are being suppressed, people are more likely to develop long COVID. Yeah, I've been using herbs the whole way through with COVID patients and preemptively kind of looking at the data coming out of China at the beginning, what herbs they were using, and just looking at how the coronavirus itself is structured and what it responds to. And I've had some good results. You know, the people who've been on prophylactic tinctures haven't got sick. The people who have got sick who've said, send me a tincture immediately, get better like within two days. So I think we have to think about what the plants are and maybe look at that as an option. Because at the beginning, there was nothing else. You know, we we didn't know what was going on. Nature has all the answers. I've always believed that. That's why herbal medicine is so powerful. I agree. I'm also taking herbs all the time prophylactically to prevent infection because the Delta plus variant is quite scary. You know, even with vaccinations, I think you still have to be cautious. Yeah, because people are still getting sick. So you getting vaccinated doesn't give you a pass not to take care of yourself. No. It's about the prevention. It's about keeping your body healthy. Making the terrain undesirable for an infection to, to kind of colonize and you know make it home. so it's all about improving the mucosal epithelium so your mucosal immune system and you know I'll, I'll use herbs for that we'll use probiotics stress management like lots of stress management um things like heart math and breathing exercises and brainwave apps anything that will basically help people get out of that sympathetic dominance and hyperbaric is great for that too even That's just so, on its yeah. own even yeah, preventatively yeah, because absolutely. it stimulates white blood cells. It has all the effects it's got to have on the immune system. So it could be used preventatively. The purpose of this podcast, the idea was born out of desire to educate people. Because I think mm. a main problem with hyperbarics is that people aren't aware mm. of this. Yeah. And they think benefits. Michael Jackson, they say, yeah. oh, Michael Jackson, and that's it, or diving. And I'm like, no, no, we're talking about mild changes here. Like, this is not the same. Where do you see hyperbaric industry moving in three, five years? I think that we will have more training opportunities, more awareness. I think, you know, the price of the chambers are already as such that there's no real reason why people can't have them in their own homes. I do think more and more practitioners are going remote. And I think that I'm not sure we'll see a, a big surge in practitioners with their own machines because of that. Most of my colleagues that I know don't see patients in person. Obviously, you can see my dispensary here, so I, that's not really an option for me anyway, unless I have a, you know, in London, like in, in a house. No. So I, I don't foresee myself working fully remotely. I think it's, you know, and I really appreciate the time I spend face to face with someone. I do, I do physical exams with some of my patients based on some of their intakes because I have some brain focused questionnaires. And much as I can do them remotely, I like seeing patients in person. And I also like to see my medicine, my dementia patients, and I go for walks with them. And I pick up stuff, looking at their gait, looking at how they walk and talk to me at the same time. What are they doing with their hands? Are they losing balance? So that level of observation when you're just doing something normal, like going for a walk and looking at swans in the, on Hampstead Heath, it's really actually taught me a lot about the patients. <laughs> So I, I don't want to stop doing that. So I do think that the industry will be, we'll, we, we're going to focus more on like people having their own machines and making them as cost effective as possible. So there's more education that's needed, yeah. I think. So like yeah. your, your podcast is perfect because it gives people an idea of how practitioners like me and you are using them in clinic. 
I have big hopes, yes, that it will make information available to people and it might change someone's life, basically, then then I'm happy. I think one of the things we people need educating on is the quality of the materials used for the chambers, though, because there's a brand here that rent. I know that their products made in China, and I have an issue with some of these materials because you know I already think we're all carrying a very high toxic load, and you know if someone has autoimmune reactivity to certain chemicals, then it might be that they react to the materials in the hyperbaric. So it's just about being educated, asking what the materials are made from, where is the chamber made, and is there any potential off-gassing that you need to account for at the beginning, which will mean that you don't use your chamber for a certain period of time, and just kind of having that level of awareness around materials. Which chamber are you using in your practice? I use OxyHow, of course. They're the I best. Have, the best, and you're happy with the materials that they use, right? To uh, build yeah. their chambers. I am very happy with them, and I think they're, they're just a really great company. It's been super helpful. I'm sure they'll be happy to hear that. Um, I'm not, pl- I'm not, I'm not, I don't get any money for talking about Oxyhealth, by the way. I just, when I really like a brand or a product or, a, you know, I, I like what someone's doing, I will evangelize about it and I will support them. And I, I won't do that for people I didn't think. Because you get passionate about it, right? Exactly. If, if you see a benefit and, and, you know, there's integrity there, like in the company and how they operate, then yeah, absolutely. But if I don't feel that, like I will ask difficult questions questions to any company I work with herbal suppliers and if they can't give me answers or they can't tell me what's in a product I will never use them again that's it like the relationship the trust is gone so I think it's really important to, to kind of maintain those level that kind of standard around you of like you have to use the most the best quality products you have to use the safest materials because if you don't do any of those things what is the point of teaching patients these things I also think it's yeah it's a responsibility of a practitioner right to study yeah. all these things and make sure that what they offer to their patients is of good quality patients normally either don't have that knowledge or they don't know how to compare the brands so it only makes sense to ask their practitioner because practitioner yeah. needs to do that this work so sometimes if a patient comes in and they're taking loads of supplements I'll be like okay this is made from X, Y, and Z, so this one's not appropriate for you. This one doesn't have enough of this level, and it's the wrong form of the B vitamin that you need. And I'll explain to people so that they know that there's a reason why I'm telling them to stop taking something. And I don't expect patients to have that level of knowledge. That's from years of formulating products that I have that level of kind of detail around actual ingredients. Like, So I, I do, you know, see lots of kind of challenge on that front it's like and then when they understand it's like okay now I understand why she's willing to stop so I think it's really important to just make sure that you know what you're talking about as well. You mentioned that you are not working 100% remotely in fact you are seeing patients in your clinic physically if people want to find you where can they find you? So, I mean, my website is Anthropotanica. I'm based in Spitalfields in London. So like on the edge of the East End, kind of by the city of London. So the finance district. I'm here because I really like the area. And also because, you know, Nicholas Culpepper, the original herbalist, you know, he was literally on this road too, like maybe a few doors down. And I like the history of this area. It's also like, very hard to find somewhere in London where you can have space for a dispensary and a hyperbaric oxygen machine. So I'm based in Spitalfields and I work remotely as well. And we're going to post your website in the notes and where people can find you. You're on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, everywhere. everywhere. LinkedIn. 
I'm not, I, I'm not very good at social media, but I am everywhere. So you have to be these days, right? Because everyone has their specific channel that they enjoy. I encourage listeners to check out your Instagram. There's a lot of useful information in there. I, I went through some of the posts. Uh, impressive. I really liked it. It's also, it's, it's the way giving people information. That's, that's I think, what we're here for. Yeah, I like. I don't. I don't see the point of posting a picture and writing one line, which is why I don't post very often because I just prefer to kind of almost write an essay. I know you're really busy. Thank you for taking your time to our podcast. We really appreciate the work that you're doing, educating people, treating people, providing all this technology, making it affordable and accessible. It's just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's been lovely to talk to you. Likewise. And I hope we'll have you back because we need to, there's so many topics that I want to talk to you about. Just time doesn't permit. So hopefully sometime we'll, we'll do the part two. That's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening. If you know someone who might benefit from hyperbaric oxygen therapy, please send them the link to the show. Thank you for supporting my work. Please share it with a friend, with a family and help me get the word out there. See you next week on the next episode of Hyperbaric Living with Dr. Masha.